Podcast. As always, it's me, Fabian, here with Paul, hopefully. Yeah, eating hot dogs sideways is my new superpower. And today we'll have a this or that episode again, kind of a this or that. It's more of a, is it worth it or not episode. So Paul and I, we both compiled a list of about eight, nine, ten different things in the cycling world. And yeah, we'll say whether it's worth it, not worth it, somewhere in the middle, or we just don't know. And if you want to hear more about the new Harley Davidson X Mosh Chopper Electric Beach Cruiser Type Bike Monstrosity, <laughs> Adidas new gravel cycling shoes, or the very expensive but very cool looking Bataglin Steel Road Frame Set, then make sure to check the pre-show. You can access the extended version at patreon.com slash slowspinsocietypodcast or by subscribing directly on Apple Podcasts. So as mentioned, we'll be doing a I keep saying this or that episode, but it's a worth it or not worth it episode. It's like we received like good feedback in the past for the this versus that episode. Like people liked us sharing our own opinions and how they're different and all like that, all of that stuff, right? Yeah, we prepared it as extremely expensive bike parts and is it worth it or not? Spoiler alert: most of them aren't. <laughs> so as Fabian said, we both prepared a little list. And we're going to talk about some bike parts that will run you a lot. Like they're going to cost you a lot of money, but they're not always worth it. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Yes. So of course, before we start, start with this, it's probably useful to kind of set a base of what we mean by worth it, because, you know, it can, as always, it depends on the person, what they're, what they like, their preferences, stuff like that. So defining worth it of course for different bike parts there's people that want higher performance or they just they prefer aesthetics the the, the way it looks or the street credibility it gives it gives them like like you can flex on people or something yeah your riding style or sentimental value so like all these different things and of course we'll we'll be doing this from our own point of view like my my personal preferences and paul's prefer- personal preferences whether that's any of these uh, categories, performance, whatever, or a mixture of them. You want to start? Yes, and just just to warn you, Paul, I thought mm-hmm. one of my things is not a bike part. It's a type of like behavior, worth it or not. Mm, and that's gonna that's gonna be a hot take for you. That's gonna, you're, that's where you're gonna have to defend yourself. Does it involve a flipping finger to people that are always running me over with their cars? Oh man, no! I wish I would have added that. Okay, no. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> because that's definitely worth it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'll let you start. Maybe Number first one. one. Okay. Number one, I wrote down specifically Rafa tier cycling bibs and cycling jerseys. So Rafa, by Rafa tier, I mean like not the cheapest, not the most expensive, but like you're paying quite a hefty price for bibs and jerseys. Mm, for a bib... Yes, 100%. Having the best, I don't know how you call that, but the best bib, the best cushion you can have on your saddle, especially for long rides, I would not go with something that is super cheap. 
But for Jersey, I don't really care. I am totally fine riding in a t-shirt or riding with something that is quite cheap. Yeah, I kind of did the same thing. Like for, for bib, 100%, I, like I don't mind spending 120, 150 for a bib if it's really, it makes, it makes a world of a world of a difference compared to, I started out with like a 40 or 30 euro DHB. DHB is, I think, the brand from, from Wiggle. Uh, yeah. 30 euro bib shorts from them. And they, I thought they were great like com- because I was comparing them to wearing nothing. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, comfortable. But then I got rougher ones and it's such a, such a massive difference. Not just in like the, 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 the chamois, the, the, the cushioning, but also like the construction of everything and the, the quality control and all that stuff. But yeah. How for, much is a Rafa bib? So they have, I think for most of their lineups, they have like a core, uh, core section and then like the, the full section. So the core section is the cheaper one and those go mm-hmm. for like 110 euros, let's say. Hundred hundred US dollars, and then they have like the real one, or, like the main one, which is nicer chamois. It's a thin, better material, like I don't know if better, but like dries faster, whatever, and some other stuff. And those are like hundred sixty, hundred seventy plus. And mm. so I got the core one, the the cheaper one with like pockets and everything for hundred ten, I think. And yeah, it's so nice. But yeah, for jerseys. I think it's the same as you. Like, I don't mind. I like sizing t-shirts as well. And recently, I only recently got a jersey, like, from not like a big brand or anything. It's from like a, um, yeah, it's like a, like a Dutch brand. And that was like 30 euros. And they look, and it's also really nice. That's what it has to do. And, uh, AliExpress one, I have one from AliExpress that was like 11 euros. And that one's really like dog shit. Not just the fit, but like the material is so thin, you can like see through it basically, and it's not nice. <laughs> so, yeah, middle for that one. And they're like full, I mean, most of the jerseys are full synthetic, but you have, I guess, good and bad synthetic fabric because the one from AliExpress, if you sweat just a tiny bit into it, this smells so freaking bad. What the hell? This smell really, really bad. Yeah, so in, in that case, then with bibs, 100% go all the way. But with jerseys, I think as long as you don't get cheapest, cheapest shit, you'll be fine most of the time. Yeah, I think I started wearing a bib uh, same time as you, and I had exactly the same DHB bib, right? The 40, 50 euros one. And it was really, really good. I did destroy it at some point. And I bought another DHB one, but that was years later. I think it was like 110 euros. Yeah. You know? So I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy like a Rafa one. It's probably like two, three hundred. I haven't even looked at the price at the time, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to get another DHB one. And the one that I wanted, the same one was out of stock. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take like the one that is a little bit better. And it was 110 euros. And I was like, yeah, OK, that, that'll work, too. So I bought that and my girlfriend told me, wait, but it's the exact same price as a core Rafa one or other brand. I think map is yeah. also around the same. Map, Pearly Zumi, uh, et cetera. Yeah, the, the, the same price. And it is, I can feel it is better, you know, especially around, uh, you know, that transition area between the actual bib and 
the things that goes along your back. How do you call that? Like the suspenders. Oh yeah, the suspenders. This area is way, way, way better than the old one. Hmm. It's just, I don't know, there's just less friction uh, and the, the transition is smoother. I don't know, it just feels better. Yeah, for, for Bib, I guess it is okay to put a little bit more than some like, than a jersey. Yeah. So jersey will, most of the time, it's the exact same from brand to brand. Yeah, and I don't understand how jerseys can be also like 150 plus sometimes. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's probably an expensive fabric to create. Yeah, also and true, yeah. I know that the printing process on those is pretty difficult. Like on, if you look at on YouTube, you can often see like people reviewing like AliExpress jerseys and stuff, and then there's always something wrong. Like the zipper doesn't go all the way, or the the one sleeve is a bit longer than the other sleeve, and like I'd rather just spend another thirty euros extra to get like an like an entry level branded jersey than have to deal yeah. with stuff like that. But yeah, so like I said, like so we both agree then bibs, yes, jerseys that kind of medium not really okay so my turn uh, it's gonna be way more money involved <laughs> <laughs> uh from turn one but are you familiar with the lightweight wheels yes. the brand it's right stupid ugly S font yeah logo. Exactly. it's like ms ms font. word 2003 or something <laughs> <laughs> um so they are making a track wheel set uh the run Rund curse. Uh, it's it's German, so I'm probably saying it wrong. But Rund curse. Yeah, the pair is six thousand euros. So those are the claims. It is one. So it's one kilo six. Okay. They said it's super light and very stiff for direct power transmission without energy loss. Weight distribution optimized for use in the velodrome. Arrow fast acceleration due to excellent stiffness to weight ratio. They're basically repeating themselves yeah. but on different forms, right? Special design adapted to the needs of the track oval. Stiff and agile with ultra precise handling. Ideally suited for the track oval. They're saying five times the same thing, I felt. That's did, one. Did they say uh, wind tunnel tested anywhere there? <laughs> no. <laughs> But the pair, the pair is 6k euros. And if, if it comes out of true, there's no way to repair it because those are carbon spokes. No. You're done. You're super done. But how much does, how much does a pair of like a wheel set cost from those at the, from the athletes at the Olympics? Like the Korima wheel sets for the French team, for example. It's probably the same price. Yeah? I thought it was going to be like 15,000 euros or something like that. No, no, no. Karuma discs are not that expensive. Mavic? How much are those? Mavic? I think like a Mavic IO front is around two, 3,000. Okay, so 6,000 is around the price. Same price as like a Olympic wheel set then. Yeah. <sighs> but you don't see... Yeah. But like lightweight isn't used by any team, is it? Are they? No, it's not. It's not because it is obviously less aero than uh, a disc or a five spoke, you know? 
Like the only reason it would be this expensive is because it's made in Germany, but like Corima and Mavic are also made in France, right? Yeah. And Zip and Envy in the US, and I mean, but yeah, six thousand euros for. I mean, at this price point, I don't think anyone would be paying it for it, paying for these wheels by themselves. It would be like a sponsor or through the team or something stupid like that. But but even with a sponsor, they are not as efficient as probably disc wheels on the track. And those are made for the track. Yeah. Yeah, I was, it's probably not worth it. Like, like you said, in, in, in the cycling industry with all of these different companies saying it's more aerodynamic, it's lighter, but more efficient. There's no one really like double checking what they say, right? All you know is what they say on their website. And of course they will say every, and whatever they want to say. Like on, on YouTube, you have some people like kind of testing them, but. At six thousand euros for wheel set, I think you should just rather stick with like what. The, if you want to get the best, you might as well just copy what the the Olympians have used. But otherwise, now nah, I don't think it's worth it at all. I mean, at least for us, it's not. No, definitely. I've seen a pair in real life, and they're. I mean, they're good looking, but you know the hub is in carbon, the spokes are in carbon, and uh, the rim obviously is in carbon, and everything is bonded together. So the craftsmanship on those is it's really really nice. But for me, they're definitely not worth the money. And one thing I wanted to add is they have another one that is the lightweight Autobahn VR. And it is an eight spokes wheel. So eight, really eight thin carbon spokes on, I think, like an 80 millimeter dip rim. So it, it just looks insane. That does, I mean, yeah. Like. It's not, it's not like the gaps between the spokes are not all equal, are they? Or is it just the picture I'm looking at? Like, it looks like... I don't know. Like, if you're looking at the same picture as me, the, the bottom two spokes, they look like... They make it like a square shape with the gap. But yeah. then the spokes at the top, they cross over and it's like a pizza slice. Yeah, especially you have two groups of three, it looks like, and then one group of yeah, two. Exactly the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put a picture... The picture we're looking at in, in the show notes, but yeah, that's an instant looking wheel that I will net never be able to afford, probably. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not that. But I think even if you could afford it, I don't think you would buy it. Like... No, yeah, probably not. Or if I find one that is um, broken and I can repair it somehow, even if it's a little bit wiggly, it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> a bit wiggly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah the that one though is 830 grams for an 80 millimeter deep rim that's really really light wow i mean you can't get around the fact that those are really really light no. wheels like like the name implies yeah, at least but... they're not lying about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, for the for the style, uh, I'm not I'm not that much into it, and they, it also looks like it's been the same for a long time. I've seen those wheels, not when I started fix gear, but I would say yeah, around that, and they they haven't changed that much. <laughs> well, someone must be buying them if they're still in business, right? Definitely, I think definitely people that ride road bikes when they want to have like the craziest most exotic build out there that they might go with something like that it probably also has like it's kind of like a 
like 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 I mentioned, like a street flex type value. Like everyone, oh, yeah. everyone that has carbon rims is probably like head envy or zip, and then the guy with the lightweight is the one that stands out. Oh yeah, you out there is like your carbon rims, very carbon spokes, and your carbon hub on top of that. <laughs> there is one guy at the at the local ride I go sometimes, and he has a pair of those. I wouldn't trust that kind of wheels on the street. No. But yeah, I've, I've seen them in real life and they look pretty nice, but they also look kind of old, you know, because the new carbon rims, the kind of top or inside of it um, is rounded, you know? Yeah. It's usually like a U shape, but those ones goes into like a really, really sharp V shape. So it kind of looks old if you add to that the font that they use on the logo <laughs> you're like yeah what what time like when were those made you know <laughs> yeah okay so both of us agree then not worth it right definitely okay next one and let's see this is gonna be maybe a bit controversial okay i'm hyping up too much uh expensive <laughs> brake levers Seat pose, stems, uh, and uh, seat seat uh, post. What do you call them? Clamps. Yeah, clamps. Yeah. Not worth it. Like that's what my. I'm already saying my my opinion right now. But like, I mean, like. Wait, 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 wait! You're putting all of that into one category. I have those, but on different levels. I mean, like, ex- so like expensive brake levers, and I guess okay, not calipers, but brake levers, seat posts, stems, and seat post clamps, and I mean like. Paul components, Thompson, like, like for example, Paul sells a seat post for two hundred five dollars. Thompson for hundred ten. Those are the cheapest ones. Paul stem hundred forty five, and I, I'm saying not worth it for that for those type of things. Huh? Okay, sorry. I even added hubs in here. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, I, I can't I can't agree with that. <laughs> so, I, for example, like you're paying two hundred fifty. I, I was looking at this two hundred fifty US dollars for the cheapest Philwood Silver Track Hubs. Double this uh-huh. for Mash SF collab, basically. Yeah. And on the other hand, you can get Dura Ace Hub for two hundred US dollars, or Mac Hub for hundred sixty dollars, or just like hundred starting at hundred ten dollars for DT Swiss or Suzuki Max. So why why pay two hundred fifty for the cheapest? Phil Wood, or yeah, like double that for for Mash collab. But it's not just the hubs. I'm talking about all of these different things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I'm gonna take the example of Paul that you said, but I think Paul, especially, it is and Phil too, to some extent. But Paul and Phil, they're both handmade in the U.S. And you know, it's. They are creating parts that are made out of a solid block of CNC aluminum. First, that's super expensive. And then running those machines, like CNC machines, is expensive. Formation for using those is expensive. Blocks of aluminiums are expensive. And they need to make money on top of that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. It's... like it's it's not worth it to do all of that for a seat post or a stem. Like I understand but people are ready to to buy stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's yeah, of course, and I I think yeah, if you're paying 
they have a long tradition. They're made in the U.S. by people who get paid a good, like a fair amount of money. So let's say that. that. But in mm-hmm. the end, I don't think it's worth it to spend $205 on a seat post. And even though the seat post had a lot of work and effort go into it, of course. But the alternative is you can get a $60 seat post, let's say, that's, that looks very good and does the same thing. You can get like a five euro seat post yeah, uh, that, that looks black and will do the work just yeah, fine. Yeah, not, 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 I'm not just talking about the work, of course, then they're all a seat post in the end. But if you still yeah. want to have like a nicer looking one, like, you know, like whatever, it's you can get a $60 one. And of course, all the prices I'm using here are you are, are full uh, retail price. So uh-huh. yeah. you can get a Paul one for half that maybe. I don't know. No, I totally, I totally agree that two fifty for a seat post is crazy expensive, and you can have something that will do the job just as good for way less money. I feel at, at this point it's more about buying something for people that are in the community, in the scene, you know, and are creating stuff for the scene. But I could understand your point of view on yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, I would have trouble buying um, <laughs> a two hundred and fifty dollars seat post, a hundred percent. Especially if I can have a used forty dollars seat post that is gonna be probably lighter and the exact same color. But yeah, I, I get, I get what you what you so mean. So like in in the case of like the seat post and the stem. Let's say, and probably also the seat post clamp, like spending a crazy amount of money on those is, is kind of harder to justify for you and for me. But mm. what about like the hubs? Like a Philwood, like I said, Philwood track hubs, they start at 250 and then the mash ones are double that. Yeah. I mean, I have experience with mash hubs because I have two pairs at home and I did pay double the amount of money for a mash collab rather than, uh, just a, a plain Philwood one. I don't know. You know what? It's like first they look sick. Okay, yeah, not gonna lie, they, they look really good. And if you were thinking about, oh yeah, I'm just gonna buy a normal pair, strip them off, and then go to see one guy that anodizes really well and ask him to do the same thing. It's going to take you a lot of time. It's going to take you a lot of research, a lot of extra money, and the possibility that the guy doing the anodizing might screw it up. So buying that kind of stuff is just the easy way, you know? And you're also buying, well, to some extent, a piece of history because they're making pretty small runs of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see why it is totally not worth it i mean the diego what i ride with diego almost every day and i built for him a pair of wheels with novatech hubs it was i don't know like a year and a half ago he has no problem with them whatsoever no problem and i'm here with my profile i have no problem whatsoever but they just cost 10 times more no 20 times more <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah and that's and like i understand what you mean of course that like half of the price is because it's made in the u.s made by small manufacturers made really good quality and they look great and you're supporting them 
And yeah, I agree with that as well. And, but of course, I think also there's like a limit to how much people can support a company just to support them. After a certain price point, it's just too much, you know? Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So this is the first one. This is the first one we disagree on, kind of. Yeah. I mean, we okay. disagree on a lot of things, but. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay then I'll, let, me, let me do the next one because this one is kind of like in, in my area then. Okay. Not as easy either. Titanium bikes. Uh, I put, I put a depends here. Orange, orange color, depends. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? I was, uh, it was on my list too, <laughs> <laughs> because we're gonna talk about it in the the after show. But, uh, have you seen that video? Yeah, you've seen it, the video of Terry with the new number twenty two little wing bike check. Yeah, I was like, that looks sick. That looks awesome. And I've been going back and forth with Lil Wing about owning one because I'm like, oh yeah, if I if I sell like three, four bikes, I can probably own a Lil Wing. And I love to own one, you know? Uh, I was just not into them that much. And then I was like, oh yeah, maybe. And I was like, oh yeah, maybe with Deanna Dizing, it looks pretty dope too. I went on a website yesterday and I looked for a number 22 little wing uh, in size 56 with <laughs> a green fade anodizing and it was 4,000 euros. 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 Uh, yeah, I transferred it to euros where it was like 49 or $4,700. Yeah. So... I understand it's titanium. I understand it is made in Brooklyn. It's not order made because I mean you order the the anodizing, but apart from that, geometries are already written, right? Yeah, I think extra for custom geometries like another five hundred extra, four hundred or something. Yeah, for bottle cage mounts, it was an extra two hundred fifty. What? Yeah. Like that's why I think last year. So yeah, I agree. At this price point, that's insane, insane. And then we talked about it in the pre-show, but the Italian bike bike maker Bataglin, Bataglin, Bataglin. Yeah. There, they released a seven um, anniversary frame set as well, steel, with a carbon fork, and that was also five thousand euros. So if it, I mean, this is kind of like irrelevant, but if it was between like a steel bike. And a titanium one, I'll probably, a titanium one that has the anodization and is still 300 euros, 400 euros cheaper. I'll probably yeah. go with the, go with the titanium one. 5,000 for steel one is crazy, but 4,700 for titanium is also like a frame set and just in general is insane. It is insane. The only thing that makes a big difference kind of is the fact that titanium has kind of that timeless thing to it you know like yes it's titanium it's never gonna rust it's never gonna corrode it, you, it's just there and you can live it for 10 years and then go back on it pump the tires and it's good to go you know and that's also kind of like yeah that's one of my points as well but um just to go back to the pricing real quick um i think in the last four months they increased number 22 increased the price in the little wings by like 800 bucks 
yeah. because of the shortages and stuff. But also in the, in the first year of the pandemic, they were giving 22% off. So if you were, if you were able to get a little wing frame set, then with like one anodization color, it would have been half, almost half that of what it costs now. It would have been like 2,500 euros or something. Yeah. Which is still a lot of money, but that's still fairly reasonable for what it is, I think. Yeah. And, but yeah, like you said, um, it supposedly lasts a lifetime. So, of course, it will eventually wear out, but it will outlive a few people before it does. Yeah. And that's, I think, a big benefit as well. And then you have, like, you know, the, the hype around it, the performance boost, as they say, like extra stiffness, weight, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, I think with titanium is because it's been such a hyped material for the last, like I'm, I'm saying hyped, like it's really like being hyped in the last five years, I'd say. It's easy to just overpay because you're so excited or because people, the manufacturers know that people want titanium frame. They can kind of charge as much as they want to charge. Yeah. And it's similar to like the Paul and Phil. It's with companies like number 22 and Firefly. They're made by skilled people in the US who, who support the industry and they have, they get paid a fair, like a decent amount. So it's, they're not like unfair laborers or something. So you pay for that as well. But yeah. Yeah. I have I think one it, yeah. thing with titanium track bikes that is kind of a weird feeling, but. Let's say you're buying a carbon track bike for the weight, okay? So you're riding a carbon track bike on the street and you know it's already pretty fragile. So because it is fragile, you have no problem making it more fragile, kind of. So you can put like carbon wheels on it and a carbon stem, carbon seat post, carbon everything. Oh, you have an old carbon bike. It looks beautiful and it's super light, but it's extremely fragile. and not meant to ride on the streets, right? Yeah. With titanium, you definitely have a more solid feeling. You're like, oh, it's 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 metal, it's, metal, it's right? tubing, yeah. you know? I, I can definitely ride that. And you have th something that is really light. But I'm not going to put parts that are going to give me that fragile feeling on something that is solid. So I'm not going to put like a pair of carbon wheels to ride on the street. I'm going to put a pair of aluminum rims with 28 or 32 spokes and some super heavy fill hubs. And I'm probably going to put an aluminum stem and an aluminum seat post and a pair of normal pedals. And in the end, it might be as heavy as the rest of my bikes. Yeah. So that's also like a thing, I think, like you said, that carbon, even though it's super stiff and it is a really strong material, just like, even though, you know, it's a really strong material that can like sustain like 2000 Watts and not crack or anything, just riding it, you think it will like fall apart if it bumps something kind of, yeah. you know, like, even though it's not true, it just car carbon, like it has that position in my mind as a really fragile take care of it or it breaks in a few second material while titanium like you said like it is a metal in the end you can touch it with your with your fingers that makes a metal sound so i think yeah i agree with you there yeah for for this section titanium bikes i put the pens because 
four thousand seven hundred euros for a little wing today is probably not worth it for most people. So that's a crazy that's a crazy amount of money. Yeah. But on the other hand, you can get a titanium bike from Germany or Portugal for two thousand one thousand five hundred euros a track bike. Oh yeah. And yeah. So like a person in the Discord showed me a Portuguese brand. And there's also a brand in Germany that makes track like a you can I can I'll put in the show notes, but like a titanium track bike for two thousand euros made in, in, in Europe. So yeah. then it's also like the people making them aren't like slave laborers almost or people that that have not paid anything to make these bikes as in other places maybe. And two thousand for for titanium frame set in this case is about the same or cheaper even than the carbon frame set and then maybe then it's worth it so it really depends on is it the same grade of titanium though is it yeah, the same it's like quality the, yeah i think there's two different ones and i forgot the numbers but it's like 2.3 volt or something but, mm-hmm. but yeah it's like the, the good quality one and of course you can go even cheaper if you go to uh waltley in china and get a titanium bike from them but then I don't think they even say which which material which titanium version it is they they use. I tried looking on their what on yeah. their website a few times, but so yeah, depends for me at least. There is that thing though is you're going to see people to meet or anything, and people ask, "Oh, what is your bike?" You know, and that's the worst answer. You're like, "Oh, it is a custom made from." a little brand it's not very well known and i don't know exactly what they did to it but it's a really good bike you know yeah the answer is awkward and difficult and nobody's gonna remember your bike if it's not absolutely stunning and perfect rather than oh it's regestone oh it's an engine 11 oh it's a mash whatever it's a pure fix. People know those and they're like, oh yeah, I definitely know that. Easy to understand. But when you have something that is custom made and even if it looks sick, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, okay, whatever, you know? I think I think it's more, the, I, th- I think it can go either way kind of as well. Like people would be like, wow, that's a one of one or wow, I've never heard of that small brand. And then they're interested as well. Because I see in the Discord channel, there are people posting like bikes I've never even heard of. Like the one person posting the the, the bank, Banky. Oh yeah, the blue one. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of them before, but it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, so yeah, it really depends on the bike in the end. But yeah, of course, if people, if people here specialized or, or, or uh, BMC or something, they they can remember it more easily because they just know it. But... I feel that people that order a frame, a custom frame set from the factory you never heard about, but if tomorrow you want to order one, you can, are a very special type of people, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there is a difference between ordering a custom frame set from a factory or from an actual frame builder. You you know what I mean? I know it's like a strange thing to say, but I feel like I there's mean, a difference. I mean, of course, yeah, there's, there's one is mass produced, the other isn't, right? Like, yeah. But also like, yeah, it's more care and quality control and all that stuff. Okay, so 
Depends for me. Damn. How many have we done now? We've done four or not, three. Yeah, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take the next one. It's going to be a, a quick one. Okay. Mavic Ellipse. No. You're paying three, uh, three, four, five hundred euros, depending where you're located in the world, for not a really good pair of wheel. And I am really nice by saying that by not saying it's a shitty pair of wheels. It's There's a shame that people get them a lot because they are like they are seen as semi-affordable. They have loud logos. They look kind of cool, but then. That's like the first thing people see, and that they think they that's the best one they can get with that money or something. But they are not good wheels, people. They are not. The aluminium is really bad. The spoke pattern is not enough if you ride in the street and you want to train to skids or fish and chips or whatever. Uh, the hubs are the main reason those are terrible because they just won't last, you know. Um, and having replacement parts for those wheels is kind of easy, but also you need to wait a pretty long time to receive those replacement parts, and it's going to be expensive to replace an axle or, I don't know, whatever. So I have a problem with those wheels. I think like a lot of people buy them, and a lot of people end up being pretty bummed out about about those brand new wheels they just bought and they're not gonna last one winter yeah that's also kind of like you would expect maybe people expect more because mavic it's a big name they see it in the olympics they see other people riding it and it's kind of like a circle like a cycle they see other people riding them then they buy it themselves and it keeps going on yeah but not worth it not worth it Next. I've I've got okay, I've got one that's easy and one that's difficult. Okay. You can pick. Easy one. Arn rings. <laughs> so arn rings I say are worth it because like Paul, like Phil, like number twenty two and all these other ones, made in the US by a small batch producer and but the difference, the big difference is that he sells them for very close to manufacturing costs. So uh, he barely makes any profit on these. So they're very affordable, but still very, very, very good quality. And Which is great. good and bad at the same time. It's, it's, good, it's good for us. It's, it's for, for, for Aaron, I guess it's just like, like a neutral thing. But then for other people who are in the same situation, such as making, making bike parts in the US, who want to make a profit... You know, it's like it's not equal yeah if you're quite new to the podcast we had an episode with Aaron it was what episode it was at the really beginning like but six or seven or something. yeah you can go check this out uh it was a it was a good episode and he explained us everything about um create creating the arm rings and and stuff so yeah you can go check that out but yeah no I think those are definitely worth it. They're the best rings I've ever ridden. No, hands down, you know? Yeah. But, and I maybe people are going to hate me for saying this, but he could make more money on it, you know? Yeah. It, it is a really good and niche product, and maybe why it is so... 
appreciated by writers, it's also because it's fairly affordable. Fairly yeah, so affordable right now, being always relative. Relative. Yeah. So right now, I think the retail price that he sells them at is around 120 US dollars. And he yeah. also mentioned in the podcast that we had with him that he only increased the price over the years because the, the metal workshops that he contracts to make these, they increase their price. So he only increases the price of the rings to cover what he has to pay to produce them and not to make a profit suddenly. But yeah, he could charge another 50 bucks on top of this and he probably would. People, It would sell out still. Yeah. So I, I wrote down that it's 100% worth it, but I wrote down as at retail price, 100% not worth it for the resale prices they go for, which is which are like $500 plus. Yeah. At that price, it's not worth it. But I think I've said new- it into last episode, but if you're a guy that sells Iron Ring on eBay for $500, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> But, that was that was easy one then. Yeah, okay, easy one. All right. Interesting one on my part. Omnium cranks. No. Really Wait, good cranks. Depends. They went super up in price recently because the SRAM stopped producing them. And now to have a pair of Omnium cranks you're paying around 300 euros. Not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. I don't think they look good either. Not worth. Not worth it anymore. I would say. Not anymore. So yeah, before then they were retailing at what, like two hundred twenty US dollars or something. Yeah, you could have them for cheaper, but yeah. Including the the bottom bracket, which was apparently bad. The the one it came with. It is not true. It is a good bottom bracket if you okay. maintenance it well. I've uh, never had a problem. And that's the thing. Then you have to main, main like give it a lot of work. The bottom bracket or or not or just normal i don't know i i used to maintenance it every i don't know well, six months okay then okay so then back then 100 percent worth it now not worth it yeah no like how much do sugino 75s go for uh i think it's almost 300 now so might as well just get those yeah yeah, no, definitely. Okay, Candale track. I have something along those lines too. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about the Candale track before. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. It is as your heart desires, you know. If you really, really want that frame really bad, I guess like no price will be able to stop you if you have the money to buy one. Uh, yeah, just know that it's an aluminum frame that is, what, 30, 40 years old now? 30 years old. Yeah, 30. Yeah, 30. It's Wait. 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, 30 shit. And they go for really, really high prices. I felt like the price kind of stopped going up recently. What was it now? Like 2000? Yeah, it's like 2000, 2500. Fuck. Um, I just, just before the show, I saw one for sale um, and it was repainted black and stuff like that. And it was 2500s and it was a wound up fork. So not the original fork. Okay. So what do you think? Depends. I think that it is 
it depends on who's buying it, you know? Yeah. Uh, to that price, you're definitely buying a part of track bike history, fixed gear culture, and everything. But it depends. Yeah. So I wrote down either depends or not worth it for me, at least. I think, yeah, it, it depends because for the person that cares about it, having history and its place in fixed gear history and its current culture and someone who's really interested in it, definitely worth it, right? But then I think for most people, they can get more enjoyment out of $2,000 by buying a different bike and doing yeah. something else with the rest of the money. But for the people yeah, that really are into the Candale track and, and know that they are into it, then it's worth it. Yeah. I also think that the price is too inflated nowadays still. Yeah, I had the same thing with the Brooklyn Machine Works V1. Mm. There's one on eBay right now that is going for $4,000 <laughs> as just a robe Brooklyn Machine Works V1. I feel like they're kind of the new Candale track, to be honest. Uh, the price inflated so much in the last two years. And the kind of the new Bitcoin, you know? <laughs> Uh, very unstable price, yeah the price are going <laughs> crazy and the difference with the brooklyn machine works is that it, it is a steel frame there's way less chance of breaking it and there is also like a really really big history around it but i am not okay with spending four thousand us dollars for a frame set that is also 10 20 years old yeah do you have a Brooklyn Machine Works? I do, but I also have a V1. Uh, so it's one of the first 500s made, I think. And I have number 421. Ah, so close. I know. <laughs> I know. And I bought it for $400. Uh, so now you could sell it for 4000 But I'm not going to do it, you know. <laughs> You'll wait for 5000 <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of back with our we had like a hype episode or something like that and stuff like that that inflates a lot go up in value good but also most of the time definitely not worth it it is yeah. worth it at the time and it's cool if you got one that was like a, a reasonable price but right now you're not going to pay four thousand dollars for a piece of metal that obviously has history and that kind of aura around it but it is you can still have way more fun by buying something else for the same amount of money or way less so this is kind of like buying an arn ring like the first batch arn rings for thousand dollars yeah yeah, that's stupid. I'll take the next one. And the one... So do you know the brand Royce? R-O-Y-C-E? I know a chocolate company called Royce, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is a British company and they are making uh, bottom brackets, hubs, and really, really like top neat engineering cycling parts, right? Yeah. Uh, they are, for example... They were making the bottom bracket for the Lotus uh, 1.8 and 1.10. You know, the Lotus that were used as like kind of the first carbon monocoque frame 
in history and they were used to break the hour record and also win the Barcelona gold. Really, really legendary frame. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've looked a lot at that and now I really want one because when I was doing like all the research for the Olympic episode, go check it out if you haven't, by the way. Um, it, it was there, you know, <laughs> and I kind of looked at it more and more and I was like, damn, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an old piece of Monaco carbon and super fragile and probably can't oh. ride it on the street. But you know what? I, I really want one now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. In that situation, the carbon probably is actually, actually fragile. <laughs> But yeah, so they have a square taper bottom bracket that is 250 euros. It is titanium axle, aerospace grade aluminum cups, and ceramic bearings. It is uh, 20 times more than what I pay my bottom brackets. Like when they say aerospace grade, they, they probably mean like the metal used for the toilet or something in the bathroom. Not. <laughs> Not something in the in the engine, <laughs> but yeah, that's too much. Even even the bottom brackets from Hambini, who is like a freak about details, are like a hundred pounds, hundred ten pounds. Yeah, and it's it, the, I mean the best thing that it's a square taper, <laughs> hmm. but they're also making gold plated titanium hubs, uh, which are carbon core in the middle. And the pair is 1,200 euros. <sighs> That's also quite expensive. Well, so worth it? Not worth it? What do you think? Oh, uh, def me, that's definitely not worth it. I mean, yeah. no, absolutely not. diamond encrusted Swarovski <laughs> crystals. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like, you know how the HDMI cables, you can buy like a cheap one for four euros or you can buy a gold plated extra yeah. speed HDMI like it's, it's the same thing <laughs> it doesn't do anything but yeah coming back on the square taper bottom bracket you know that Phil is also making one and it's 140 euros and even that I thought it was no worth it they look nice though I've seen them like, yeah they look they detail. look really nice I mean they look really nice but like they are either inside your frame and the other part is hidden by the crank arms so they're barely visible but I use 12 euros bottom bracket and they work really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. All it takes then. And the, when I see people that are, oh yeah, dude, I bought the ceramic bearing ceramic bottom bearing, bracket. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but does your rear hub has ceramic bearings and does your pedal has ceramic bearings? And you know, like, because you have a drive train and everything is connected, you can't just upgrade one part and and think it's gonna be it's gonna be way better because it has like ceramic thing or it's lighter or whatever. You need to upgrade the entire thing to see an actual difference. They only they only got they only got the ceramic bearing bond bracket so that they could tell you they have it. <laughs> like. Much like little there. sweat on their forehead when having like a discussion about bikes like oh man i really need to tell them that i have a ceramic bearing bottom bracket <laughs> it's like, i was like no one just no one this party knows i spent 400 bucks on my, on my bottom bracket 
Yeah, and so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give the next one then because so if you have a ceramic bearing bottom bracket, you might as well have ceramic bearing pedals because those are connected, right? And so look is making like a really really neat pair of pedals. They have all the bells and whistles, and they also have a a power meter inside of them. And both pedals, the pair of pedals is. 2100 euros for two pedals that's stupid <laughs> i mean stupid. like so like the parameters i parameter pedals i got those were like four 400 euros and then the nicer ones from like let's say stages or something and also probably like 800 euros and that's already a lot of money but then 2100 for something like like they're putting all these extra marketing words and things into it just to, so they can increase the price it feels like yeah i mean i'm not never gonna buy that yeah no i'm i'm not seeing myself putting that kind of money for pedals and i don't think if anyone would put that kind of money for pedals speedplay also makes uh pedals the nanogram zero thing and they're like titanium axle and everything and they're 699 pounds so approximately 700 euros they don't even have a power meter or like two and a half times less <laughs> so i think the secret uh, for like the olympians and their setups to have all of these high-end parts is that 0.5 percent extra power from the pedals and the titanium axles and from the handlebars and all these tiny percentages they add up in the end and then it actually makes a difference but like you said with the other guy, if you only have ceramic bearings in your bottom bracket, it's not really going to make a noticeable difference unless you have like the full setup. Yeah. Yeah, who has money for that? I don't know. Jeff Bezos, <laughs> a dozen cycle. Fettel cycles. I saw, no, I saw, what's his name? Uh, Bottas, he cycles. It's Bottas. Uh, the, the Formula One driver. Ooh, okay. Like he, he was at a, like a, like a Cat 1 or Cat 2 race in the US and he was second place. In oh, wow. Race. That's impressive. You, know? <laughs> you can like see him smiling on on the podium, second place. He's, <laughs> he's always second place. Oh <laughs> yeah, he he could afford it probably. probably. All right, your turn. Mash frames. Oh man, you're asking me that. I'm, yeah, like this. I was like fixed gear, fixed gear specific. What what would Paul know? No, but yeah, just in general, mash frames. I think they're amazing frames. I think they're really really nice, and I really enjoy uh, owning some and as a rider perspective uh the, the mesh steel is like a, a super good versatile and enjoyable frame it's was it was one of the first frame to say like hey like you want a big tire clearance then you can go a little bit off the beaten paths and here you go so i think it's an awesome frame for a collectioner perspective, I don't know if it's worth it because they're producing more and more frames. I know Mash is probably never gonna go as like a big cycle company. Still gonna stay like kind of that boutique thing. But if you look at it, uh, we had like a first batch of Mash Steel uh, last, I mean, at the beginning of the year, I think. And then we had one a few weeks back and then we're gonna have another one this winter and the ac tree is supposed to come soon and then i think they have a mountain bike and the gravel bike and the plants but 
We're gonna see a lot of stuff coming out from Mash fairly, fairly soon. Yeah, and then it's the same, same kind. Well, I w- actually no, it's not really the same. But I was gonna say you're supporting Mash in the end, but it's not the same as Paul or Phil. As because in, they're made in Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so like that's also a big reason why I put not worth it for me to be honest, and so. It just for like a rundown is that there are there are aluminum or steel frames, right? Both made in Taiwan. They have very nice paint jobs. And they look great with Mash logo and everything. They're probably very yeah. fun to ride with like great geometries, but probably like not gonna like change your world. I would say no. Um. Oh yeah, sorry. Not gonna change your world compared to other mass-produced frames from Taiwan, such as. All City, Surly, Brother, Fuji, Kilo, Wabi, etc. And all of these, they look great as well, and they go for half the price almost. Yeah. Yeah, so like for me, like the the the, the combination of how difficult it is to get the mash frames, like you have to email them with like a specific format and everything to even have a chance. Plus the price, like what is it, eight fifty for frame set, plus not yeah. being made in the US even or Europe. I don't think uh, that like that combination is why it's not worth it for me at least. Like uh, they look really great, and I would love one, but not for the price they go for. If it's the same price or a bit more, maybe like a bit more than a big block or a steamroller, then I would go for the mash one. But I don't think I, I think it's difficult to justify spending almost nine hundred dollars on a Taiwanese frame with good paint. Yeah, because that's a really common thing in in fixed gear now at this point you're just paying the 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 guys i mean the you're just paying the idea do you know the, the general idea that yeah um, people that know track bikes and especially street track bikes created those and so they made efficient geometries and good tire clearance for i'm i'm talking about the mash tail because it's kind of not my speciality but i what i know the best um, and you're also paying the little details, uh, like the, the mash logs and the little engraving here and there. And finally, you are paying the crazy paint jobs that you are not able to find in your OLS, or you would have to custom paint something. And honestly, again, with anodizing, you're paying research, you're paying... The guy that's gonna paint it, you're paying. I mean, you're paying a ton of stuff. Yeah. Mash is just the easy solution if you want something that is quotes kinda unique. Yeah. So like that, that was my my last point in my notes as well. Is that you're, of course, you're gonna pay the extra premium because it's Mash and they're they have like this street credibility to them. They're they're the like yeah. I think without a doubt they're the biggest player in the fixed gear scene since decades now. And perhaps they they can justify the price that way because they've been, I wouldn't say holding up the fixed gear scene, but they've been supporting it for a long, long, long time. Yeah. So if that's, and that's kind of also like what people can choose to support them as well, either that or they, they want to have a frame that is, that has that, that extra, you know, like that zing to it, mesh. Mm, yeah. So yeah, I, for for me for me it's not worth it, but I think in general it, it depends. Then of course, if, if for people as well, but 
I, I, I would love one. I wish they would increase production. But I saw in the comments that Mash does not want to become a medium-sized bike retailer. They want to stay small. I mean, I see the interest of staying small, yeah. you know? It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I think Mash is right now is in a really, really good position. And they, they've worked, uh, I think, 15 years <laughs> to be to that point. So, I mean, yes, so good for them, right? I couldn't be happier that something that is part of the culture I support and I live with is getting so big into our culture that it is now kind of spreading over others, you yeah. know, because some people that are into skateboarding or other stuff, they, they also know MASH, you know, oh yeah, they're the fixie thing, right? But yeah, anyway. Uh, I think it is worth it to some extent, you know, like as always, it depends on your budget and what you want to do with your money, but yeah. definitely worth it if you want something a little bit unique and, and maybe less worth it if you already own like a steamroller and you already have fun with yeah. that. <laughs> and it's a shame, like you said, because the mash rims, they go up even after being used. So you cannot just get a secondhand one for half the price. <laughs> no at least not yet yeah <laughs> let's see well yeah i still have a few more but i think we're already over the unofficial official time limit next one and in my opinion it is definitely not worth it for someone like me and probably for someone like you and probably for 99 percent of our listeners but the Izumi Super Toughness Kai chain was, quote, specifically designed for the Tokyo Olympics. This chain featured a very slick, highly functional new cutting on the plates, bushings, and rollers, which is said to reduce resistance and drag by 10% compared to the traditional Model V Super Toughness when used in combination with a high-performance lubricant. It's a 90 five dollars chain the only thing the chain is new the only new part of the chain for people listening is probably the price tag everything else is gonna be the same <laughs> yeah it is not worth you, it you already had me at this izumi super toughness like even the original one is not worth it but that's just me it's a bling for a lot of people yeah like oh yeah i have a super toughness and i mean it's a cool bling you know but I ride the super shitty 15 euros uh, HKS or Izumi's, I don't remember. But they work great. They, they work completely fine. Yeah, I swear by it. Like when I first, my, like my, one of my first like blink chains was like an HKK Vertex or something from Blue Lug. Oh, yeah. But since then, I really just swear by like a kmc like z1 i think they're called like 10 euros or something and mm. they, they just work exactly the same and yeah of course the, the, the super toughness they look really cool but it's like so expensive for a chain yeah. it's like yeah like like going back to your previous point it's like spending 80 bucks on a seat collar yeah i guess yeah i mean fixed gear bills the details matter as well so i'm i'm more of thinking about it from like a price performance type of view rather than i want the perfect perfect detailed bike all right i have a few others but we're gonna run out of time so let's say we do your last one and then we wrap it up carbon rims 
So I said worth it for me. It's a similar reason as titanium, of course, like it just looks really cool. I'm not going to feel the benefits as much because I'm not a pro cyclist. It has its higher cost. It's overkill. Yeah. And it has actual benefits to it. Like it's lighter. It rides better and they look really cool. But I think it's the same as like with Paul and, and maybe Phil would that I would never buy these new only used. We already had this discussion. I yeah, feel. so that's why easy one, right? <laughs> no, 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 not worth it for me. Car- carbon rims. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I would worth it only if if new, if only if used. Not, I would never buy new. No, I'm into aluminum rims recently. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is it, how many how many wheel sets do you have? <laughs> that's not a question I want to answer. <laughs> I was gonna say follow up question: How many of them are carbon? <laughs> 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 I don't know, but probably more than half of them are carbon. Okay. But I ride way more about aluminum pairs. Yeah. So I think like the best looking wheels out there is either like the Zip 202 or 303, like the low key ones. I like, I like the archetypes a lot and the, um, the Zip, the, the aluminum Zips, the 30, 30. Oh, the 30s? They do like so yeah. For, yeah for aluminum ones and I think I like archetypes and, and those those zips the most. Yeah, no, those are great. And even like cheap DT Swiss ones, if you just remove the stickers, they look good. <sighs> Damn, you lost the carbon the carbon train. No, no, no. No, I didn't lost the carbon train. But with my actual writing style, which is not that chill, I, I rather have um I rather have aluminum rims. And okay. Here's my point. When I buy carbon rims or carbon wheels, um, I want them to be nice. So I buy a nice one and I make a little effort and I put a little bit more money into them. So I don't want to destroy them. So I don't want to ride like an idiot with them like I could with a pair of aluminum ones. So I am super glad to have carbon wheels and I take them on the velodrome or on long rides or it depends on the occasion but I just don't take them for everyday riding so for like the velodrome and and longer distance stuff yeah and when I I just want to go for coffee or chill around town but if I know I want to bunny up and do wheelies and big skids and stuff like that 180s I'm not going to take more carbon wheels. It it would just be stupid on my part. And I just don't want to destroy my stuff. Stuff that I paid for. Yeah, makes sense. More or less the same kind of opinion than carbon rims. Yeah. So yeah, that's our opinions. And I think our takes on stuff that costs a lot of money. I mean, always it depends on your budget. But yeah, stuff that... We'll make a little hole in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and, but are they worth it? Are they not? It is a really, really subjective point of view. Yeah. And it's our subjective takes on it. But yeah, tell us guys what you think. Uh, you can comment our Instagram post or send, a, send us a DM. Ah, I should have added a joke one. I should have added a joke one about bullhorns. 
<laughs> every, every episode something about bullhorns or bull moose. <laughs> no. No, no, bullhorns not worth it. Not it's worth gonna, it. People are gonna get tired of this joke. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a like a where's Waldo thing. You need to yeah. spot the bullhorn joke every time <laughs> in every episode. Every episode somewhere. True. All right, guys. Um, everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog SlispinSociety.com. You'll also find a suggestion box where you can tell us what we should talk about in the podcast. And we're going to have other episodes like this. So if you guys want to already throw suggestions in the suggestion box, then you're more than welcome to do so. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram account at Society. Sharing the podcast with your friend is the easiest way to support the show by giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. Especially if you're on Apple Podcast, the more good review we have, the more on top of the leaderboard we get. So that's really good and it makes the show more visible for everyone. If you get value out of the show, why not considering putting value back in either by supporting us on Apple Podcasts with their new subscription program or by visiting patreon.com slash slowspinsidepodcast to join the community where pledging at any level will grant you access to the pre and after show, which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are still at 26 Patreon and thank you again for your support. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Amaria, and the illustration, as always, is by at Julia Joe on Instagram. And then we're gonna go on to the after show. One last thing that you would say is worth it or not. Fuck, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, nice bar tape. Worth it. 100% worth it. See you next Monday. Okay. Bye bye. bye.